Welcome to another double feature of our UCLA FEMBA Drive Time podcast. I'm Dylan Stafford, and today we have a special post FEMBA Palooza interview with Christy Marquez, Associate Director and the person in charge of FEMBA Palooza. And then we have our main event, our podcast interview with Kristen Palchuk, FEMBA 2016. I think you will find Kristen's interview fascinating as she explains how she mapped her FEMBA goals of marketing, global experiences, and entrepreneurship, and then she reached them during FEMBA. You'll also get to hear how she's transformed a 30-year-old brand, the TV show Jeopardy, and is executing a modern digital marketing strategy for Jeopardy. You'll get to hear about Kristen going global with her global access program in Italy, plus two separate global immersions, one to China, which I got to go on with her, and a second to Israel over spring break this year. And through it all, Kristen shares some wonderful learnings of how she was able to challenge herself, stretch beyond what she thought was possible, and actually have it all work, including keeping yoga in her life. So Kristen is awesome, and I think you'll agree after hearing her interview. But first, the first half of our double header, our double feature, with me again this week is Christy Marquez, who most of you have already met from either our coffee chats or regional lunches or the summer counseling one-on-ones that Christy provides. And as I said last week, I know her as a key leader on our team, and her leadership is never more amazingly evident than in the biggest event that we have, the one and only Femba Palooza, when Christy just, congratulations, just um, successfully transacted Femba Palooza 5 last Sunday. So, how did it go? (laughs) Well, thank you, Dylan, for the great intro. (laughs) It went so well. Uh, Way better than I could have ever hoped. Um, Yay! We... We actually had over a thousand people in attendance and actually a wider range of FEMBA class years going back all the way to 1993, class of 1993, which is pretty awesome. So it was just a really amazing uh, group of people and it was just fun to welcome the incoming class as well and congratulate the 2016s on their graduation. Just so many fun moments that happened that I just, I can just talk all day about all the funny <laughs> things that happen. And, um, for example, Vilo Dachev, one of our alumni, he, uh, just drove up and gave us a truckload of free strawberries and everybody went home happy with a, it was <laughs> a so bunch amazing. of strawberries. So, <laughs> so yeah, and he, and he, he explained it to me. So his company makes plant nutrients and yeah. these are two farms in Watsonville who grow really beautiful, luscious, delicious strawberries using his product. And then he donated those just because he heard we were going to have a lot of people. That guy is <laughs> amazing. I, I love those surprises yeah. from Femba Palooza because the whole day is kind of like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and it's just always some kind of fun surprise. Uh, and, you know, one of the biggest hits was uh, Diego Benitez, one of our incoming students, uh, special Fembale. He... he brewed a special uh, fembale for our event, and that was a hit. Uh, four kegs were pretty much finished <laughs> within yeah, think, a couple I, hours. I think those kegs went quickly. I love his story, too. He is a couple of degrees from Mexico. He has a PhD from Caltech. He's yeah. already a successful yeah. owner of Progress, a successful entrepreneur owner of Progress Brewery. And he just, he just kind of reached out to us and yeah. said, hey, I could help out with your event. 
Exactly. And yeah. he just wants to build his network. And that's what Femba Palooza is for, to build your network and, you know, to, to just make those connections and it, in a very fun, casual environment. So it just went really well. It really did. I think everybody's going to want to be in his study group this fall in, yeah. his, in his entering class of 2019 because he'll probably <laughs> be a popular guy. That... Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> well, let's see. Who else? We had some other alumni who contributed. Yeah. Yeah, so we also had Sharina Grewal. She's a recent graduate, and she owns Bites Desserts. So I got a chance to finally try Bites Desserts. She brought some sundaes, or, you know, little cups of ice cream, which were delicious. I tried the, the chocolate chip one, which is, oh my gosh, just amazing. And then, of course, Sharon Lee, who owns a franchise of Yogurt Land. She brought all sorts of different toppings, and that line just <laughs> was, continued throughout the day. There was just a line of people. So uh, I, everyone, of course, enjoyed the desserts, too, thanks to, uh, you know, the alumni. Well, it was just, it was such a successful day all around, and uh, learning on the lawn, we had eight learning on the lawn sessions this year, uh, Professor Shi, Margaret Shi, um, working with effective communication, and Professor Gonzalo Frasius mm -hmm. talking about uh, taking your business global, and then we also had our, our student volunteers and alumni volunteers. There were 50 to 70 people at every learning on the lawn. That just happened throughout the day. And yep. And then the big group photo, that was fun, but oh my God, it was so hot. It was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to make people melt, so we were trying to be quick about it, and it actually turned out pretty pretty nice, yeah. Well, the whole day was so smooth. It I, was I very just, smooth, yeah. I want to publicly acknowledge you in front of everybody, because you just, there's only about 100 different moving pieces to that day. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It definitely takes um, a lot of coordination, but really could not have done it without the rest of the team. Um, you know, everyone helped out. We had student volunteers and it just shows it really, you know, shows how much, you know, students really, really value their experience here at Anderson. They're willing to give back and just be part of it and and make it, you know, the amazing event that it is. So it was just great all around. Yeah, all the ambassadors who worked for six to nine yeah. months, Blair and Ray and and Thomas and Yamini and Rahul and Mahadevan, uh, just so many. And I'm, of course, I'm not going to name everyone, but so many people who who just all those lunchtime conference calls, and then our and then our volunteer staff. We have basically volunteer Femba Palooza committee members mm -hmm. from. All the all the different departments of Anderson who support the FEMBA experience, from GAP to Global Immersions to Alumni to Development, the Student Affairs, Student Services. I mean, so many people. Mm -hmm. um, Michael upstairs and his team run the Kids Zone and yeah. BG so well. We had Joe and Josie Brewer. Oh again. yeah, and that was like a last minute thing. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to secure Joe and Josie Bruin. and literally like the day before, a couple of days before, they they actually confirmed that they were going to be there. So I was just so happy because. That, you know, not only makes the kids happy, but the adults too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The alumni Maybe wanted... even more than the kids. <laughs> it's hard to get your picture at the Rose Bowl with yeah. Joe and Jesse Bruin, but Femba Palooza, it's a little more manageable. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and the photo booth pictures turned out so hilarious. And we, we added the new uh, feature of GIFs. So now people have GIFs of themselves. Oh, nice. Um, so that that was just hilarious to see everyone wearing funny hats and big glasses and just having a good time being silly. Yeah, I've seen those. Those have been popping up all week yeah. long on Facebook. I just um, I just posted mine today. So okay. yeah, my Facebook account has been pinging all week long. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. I love it. Yeah, and then I you know and you never know you know six or seven years ago we had this before it was Filmapalooza. 
it was a smaller event, but it happened on Carmageddon. And then this, oh. we had the fire Saturday. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. we're going to have to cancel because there was, it was so smoky on Saturday. And then it was just postcard perfect on Sunday. Right. We got so lucky with that. We so. did. We got very lucky. And there was not a cloud in the sky. It was just just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and now the only thing left to do to um, reward yourself for the biggest FEMBA admissions event of the decade is what, where are you going to be for the next few days? I will be in Maui. Oh, yeah. So, yay. <laughs> really excited. I um, will be doing a lot of nothing, <laughs> just laying around on the beach and, of course, exploring here and there. So. Oh, well, a very incredibly well-earned <laughs> vacation. We will miss you, but we know that you have earned it twice over. So thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for, for five incredibly successful Fimba Paloozas. This was definitely the biggest and the best ever. I can't wait to see what we get creative and come up yeah. with next year for the, for Fimba Palooza six. We're already working on finding the dates and exactly. um, we're coordinating with the global access program and all our partners here on campus. So thanks to you and thanks to everybody, the ambassador team, yeah. FEMBA Council and and all the, the faculty and staff who just made it perfect. So um, enjoy Hawaii. Thank and for you. those of you here now, just enjoy our podcast interview with Kristen Palchik, FEMBA 2016, as she talks about marketing, global, and a splash of entrepreneurship. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Why don't we start? We'll just kind of open it up to you. Why don't you just uh, introduce yourself and really kind of tell people where, you know, what, what your life was professionally and educationally uh, before and kind of what had you come back to business school? Let's, let's start with that. Sure. So I'm Kristen Falchek, as you mentioned. Happy to be here, Dylan. Um, I grew up in Sacramento and I went to undergrad at Berkeley. I majored in mass communications with a minor in Italian studies. So you can imagine the core curriculum was pretty new to me when I came to UCLA. I guess so. And how do, why did you choose Berkeley? Um, I chose Berkeley because I wanted a school that had lots of options and mm. they had fantastic options to explore. Mm -hmm. Mass communications and Italian. Yeah. 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 I fell in love with the language and the food, of course. But Very good. Very yeah. good. So I spent my junior year studying abroad in Italy. Oh, your whole year? My whole year, yeah, in Bologna. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Oh, Second to UCLA. Oh, very good, very good. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for the plug. We appreciate the plug. <laughs> yep. And um, I started my career when I graduated Cal, moving down to L.A. to work in advertising. I started at Ogilvy & Mather, where I worked on Cisco Systems, Arco Gas, AMPM, and Tabasco Hot Sauce. Too much good stuff. Oh, right. you know it. <laughs> well, I know AMPM. I've seen yeah. That. Okay, so that brought you down. Ogilvy & Mather brought you mm -hmm. down to L.A. All right. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad company to land no. right out of undergrad. It was exactly what I wanted. It was mm. an international account in, in client services and at a well, you know, well-known agency. So, and then I wanted to focus more on the digital side of things. I could see that's where the world was going and mm -hmm. moved over to Sony Pictures Interactive, which is the in-house digital agency for Sony Pictures. Now, can I just ask a question? You may. So, yeah, it is where the world is heading. Did you figure that out on your own? Did you have a mentor? You know, as you're, because I mean, that's a big, that's a big fork in the road, and it's paid off for you, as, as our listeners will get to hear. So Definitely. how how did you kind of come to that? You know, it's kind of interesting in the big world of advertising. Everybody was really entranced with 
the television commercials and, you know, the big sexy objects that had lots of budgets and they were traveling all over the world to shoot these things. And the digital was kind of like the stuff nobody wanted. So they handed it off to me, the fresh out of college, you know, person to just figure it out. And so I ended up getting a lot of ownership of the digital projects. And so it kind of made sense based on my experience at Ogilvy to kind of transition more into that and, and utilize it. So, and, you know, some of the traditional mediums we were using just started to, the ideas that were coming out of the agency were just so much more digitally focused. Like, oh, if we didn't have enough budget, maybe we could fake it in post-production or maybe we could use CGI. And it just seemed like even the traditional ways of advertising were moving in that direction. So. Well, that's great. Well, I love, yeah. again, because I love it's it's one of those things we'll talk a little bit later when we get to the ELDP about it's not always the things we think are going to be successful that are successful. So you took exactly. the, you took the, maybe the less big budget, less, mm-hmm. and that has opened up doors for you. It has. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. So yeah. I interrupted. So, so continue. Okay. So Ogilvy and Mather and, yeah. and then you're, you're going digital. Yep. Went to Sony Pictures and worked on a variety of things there. Um, a lot of their new business pitches, like J.K. Rowling's Pottermore, which was really fun. And then I inherited the Jeopardy accounts and inherited, um, you know, a 30-year-old brand that was a little antiquated, as you can imagine, in the way they were advertising and the channels they were using. So um, for me, it was a great opportunity to to kind of step up and and take the brand to a new place. So I was there. I did Jeopardy for, um, I was at Sony Pictures for two years. And then um, we talked a little bit about about this, but Sony Pictures Interactive dissolved. So 150 people laid off. This was during my first winter quarter of UCLA. So this is the thing. You know, you get admitted to UCLA and your future is so bright and it should be bright. (laughs) And then life happens. And then wow. life happens. Exactly. Wow, you're six months into school. You're six just getting your sea legs, core classes. Totally. Trying to figure out accounting and finance and things I've never looked at in my life. And Mass common Italian, not so much. Exactly. Not, not so much. Yep. But, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it was a difficult time, I think. Like, my grades suffered a little bit, for sure. But, yeah. um, you know, it ended up working out really well. The... Um, Jeopardy, who I was working on, needed to find a new ad agency to do the work. So they liked the work I was doing, which was great, and told that new ad agency to hire me. So I've pretty much had the same job since I started Femba, doing digital marketing for Jeopardy. And it's uh, it's come a long way in the past three, four years. And so, like, as you, like, what are you proud of as you kind of look in the rearview mirror about bringing a 30-year-old, I mean, yeah, that's it. I mean, what's 30 years old anymore? <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that, except, you know, big major brands like automobiles and this and that. So what's that totally. been like as, as you brought digital savvy to Jeopardy? Yeah, I'm, I love this question because it is something that I feel kind of proud of. Um, you know, Jeopardy's going into its 33rd season in the fall. Alex Trebek is turning 76 this July. You're kidding. Yeah. Is he really? He is. I, mean, I know. Wow. Okay. And he's still... Crushing it. He's still so good at hosting that show. Um, and, you know, when I came on, they were, they were just doing things in really kind of antiquated ways. There was videos that were being produced that nobody watched. They weren't really on social channels. And when they were, they weren't taking advantage of the right moments and the right conversations. 
So um, we have built a brand new Jeopardy.com. Check it out. And um, it has a, a big editorial focus. So we kind of give viewers the behind the scenes access to the show that they want. And Jeopardy fans always are looking to learn more. So there's that. And um, we've increased our social channel followers like, significantly. Facebook, Twitter, even got them to experiment with Periscope. Okay, I'm ignorant. Tell me what's Periscope. <laughs> Periscope is live streaming, so oh, okay. you can take video and then watch somebody wherever they are. Yeah. Well, let's. So, okay, so that's a little bit about your career. You know, that yeah. kind of brought you into Femba. Let's let's kind of jump into what was what was Femba for you. You know, let's kind of talk about yeah. whatever you want to talk about. Um, I know we want to cover some of the extracurricular because you've had a really good extracurricular involvement. But yeah. anything you want to tell, you know, specifically, I'm interested in new Femba's feeling comfortable to make that transition. So you've been out of school for a couple of years. Yeah. Brand new content. Yeah. So anything you want to, you do you want to do year one, year two, year three? Year? How, do, <laughs> how do you want to structure it? Um, well, I guess I can say coming into FEMBA, what my goals were. Um, I, I initially wanted to focus on marketing and global business with a splash of entrepreneurship. Oh, I That's like that. how nice, I branded nice it cocktail. to myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I actually, you know, in my nerd-like function, created an Excel spreadsheet and with all the classes, I plugged them in and color-coded them. Very like, good. Okay, if I look at my whole three years, is it going to be that? Is it going to be a focus on global and marketing with a splash of entrepreneurship? This is good. Take notes. <laughs> I, know I, I mean, because, yeah, like a... a Oh, I love it. That's just great. So you actually yeah. kind of made a picture of what you wanted the 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 elements of, of your FEMBA experience that really would stand out for you. I love yes. that. Yes. Okay. And coming out, I'm still like, oh my gosh, there's tons of classes I wish I could have taken and so much to get involved in that, you know, you wish you could have. There's just, there's so many hours in the day. So. There are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of where I focused once I got into electives and things of that nature. I mean, the first year I was pretty much just trying to get accustomed to the work-life balance mm -hmm. and figure out how to fit this in. The classes were all new to me. Um, figuring out when to work out was really hard. Because <laughs> you do <laughs> yoga, right? I'm, yep, I do okay. the yoga. See that on your resume Yep, here. and I run. So that was the first thing to fall off the radar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Beginning. Yep. And, um, you know, kind of had to get adjusted to that. And, um, you know, you make all your new social circles. And um, I joined a lot of clubs my first year, but I really didn't get super involved in in too much. Um, and then second year is when kind of things started to become a little more tangible, a little more fun. Um, I got into electives, so I got to start taking the things that I was really passionate about mm. and get more involved in global immersions and um, start to get a better, start working out more <laughs> and kind of getting the, the life back on track. Um, yeah. And then third year, it was really kind of that, okay, what are the missing pieces of my FEMBA career? Where, if my marketing, global business, entrepreneurship, what have I not accomplished and how can I fit that in? Mm. So I, I, at the beginning of the year, realized I did not get a chance to take a lot of the entrepreneurship classes, EVI, um, BPD, and then BCO, which are kind of the big entrepreneurial opportunities. I didn't get to do that, so I got really involved with the um, Entrepreneurship Association on campus. 
Well, yeah. and let's let's uh, so let's kind of focus on that. And for our listeners, let's do the jargon. So BCO, yeah. business creation. Author, yes. Yeah, kind of spell them out if you don't mind. Sure. So um, EVI was is kind of the intro to entrepreneurship class, entrepreneurship and venture initiation. BPD, business plan development, is the next iteration of that, where you write a business plan, obviously. And um, BCO, the business creation option, is the alternative to GAP, uh, the Global Access Program, where you can start your own business with classmates. So you did all three? No, I did none. You did none. Excuse me. I misunderstood. Yes. So I did none of those, which is why I wanted to focus on the entrepreneurship association in my third year. Oh, I got you. I got you. My vision. Yeah. Okay. Cause you did the global access program. I did. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're going to have our readers totally confused. And that's <laughs> part of the challenge of FIMBA is that there's a hundred different ways you can do it. Yeah. Okay. So, but I like that. So you had your, you had your, your map coming into FIMBA. I want marketing. Mm-hmm. I want global business. I want a splash of entrepreneurship. Yep. And then you're continuing to benchmark yourself and your journey. Yep. And you get to the third year and say, okay, well, how can I backfill? Because the entrepreneurship, the splash that yep. I wanted, I could have either done this sequence or yep. I can get in the Entrepreneurs Association. So what did you experience in the Entrepreneurship yeah. Association, which is the biggest, it's the biggest club, right? Maybe. I, I think know. EA, yeah. it's, it's often called EA. I think it's pretty much the biggest club on yeah, campus. Yeah, it is. Um, it was great. So I found out through a classmate of mine about this very small kind of unknown program in Fembo land, which has had many different names, which I think is why people have a hard time knowing about it. They should really get their marketing straight. <laughs> <laughs> As a marketing guru, exactly. yes, you can point them in a better direction. <laughs> yeah. So they, they call it kind of by whoever is sponsoring it at the time, which is part of the problem. So it was Vistage last year, Tiger 21 this year, and the other name is ELDP, Entrepreneurship Leadership Development Program, which like no one can remember and is really long. But um, essentially what it is, is you had to write an essay and interview, and there were 17 people selected to be paired with a mentor. And the mentor is a entrepreneur in the field who has already been successful in some capacity. And you give up six Fridays in the year. I had to use my vacation days to do these, but it was worth it. Mm. Um, and they bring in entrepreneurs to speak with you. So, and the entrepreneurs, the whole point is not for them to tell you about their successes the way they do in kind of some of the large format speaking sessions you get at UCLA, but to really be kind of a personal conversation where everyone's under NDA, where they can tell you about their failures. Mm. And the group is supposed to ask the hard questions. So I was telling, telling you earlier, Dylan, like, you know, if an entrepreneur comes in and says, well, I just created this huge business and it was taking me lots of hours, but it was so great. And I partnered with all these big companies, you know, the group has the liberty to then ask the question, well, how did doing that affect your relationship with your wife and the time you spent with your children? Mm. So it gets to the deep stuff, the core of things. And wow. Yeah, not just the career, but the, the kind of 360 picture of If we're going to measure success more yeah. holistically versus just, I'm rich and it all worked out. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then the second half of the day, the... So that's Friday morning. That's Friday morning, yes. Okay. Friday afternoon, all everybody in the team, the entrepreneur leaves and you just have your mentor and the people in the group and everybody puts an issue up on the board that they're dealing with. 
and we pick three issues to tackle in the afternoon. So whether it be something in your work, whether it be you want to start a business, it could also be a problem you're having in your relationship or something you're dealing with a family member. Wow. So it can be completely all encompassing and it's this peer to peer learning where it's kind of the whole group tackles your tackles your problem together and you come out with all of these great ideas and insights on your situation that you hadn't really seen before. So yeah. And it was Ed Moses who told you about this? Ed Moses and Paula, Paula Major. And Paula Major mm -hmm. introduced you to yep. this opportunity. And what yep. you said, there were 17 people selected and four of you were Fembas? Uh, three of us. Three. three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. so you found this little niche within yeah. Femba. So, yeah. and that's, I mean, UCLA Anderson is full of these little, totally. and that's kind of what you do as you customize. So that became your splash of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I only wish I'd found it earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> could have had three years of it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's why our listeners are benefiting. Exactly. Well, um, anything else about Entrepreneurs Association that kind of comes to mind or was that, that pretty... That, I mean, that was the big thing, but coming out of it, that's actually giving me the most leverage as figuring out what I'm doing after FEMBA than anything else has thus far. So, so say more about that. So what, what is it yeah. kind of... So what one is it of, doing for you as you look post-Femba? Yeah. So one of the entrepreneurs that came in and spoke with our group was really fantastic. He actually gave me the name of somebody who is an awesome marketer at a startup in Santa Monica. And he, I met with him and then the entrepreneur is rebuilding his website and he needed somebody to help oversee that process. So I actually just had lunch with him before I came here and he is... You know, he offered a, if I want to help, I can help and write a proposal or something. So I have to do that coming up. But, um, but through him, it's a network of potentially starting my own thing and getting side projects and learning about the business in a new way. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes it's, it's incremental. It's mm -hmm. not just the big splash. And, and I love to suggest to people as they're, as they're mapping out Femba, you know, look for the little wins. And, and I've heard that in a lot of these podcasts, you never know when that one person that you met and that one thing that was like, ah, it wasn't a fit for me. And yet, so there you go. So this, this has introduced you to a person. Oh, they need digital marketing. Oh, you're a digital marketing expert. Yep. Looking to evolve. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about, well, which would you like to talk about? Either Gap or your case studies or your global immersions? Let's or... talk about Gap. All right, let's talk about Gap. Yeah. Tell people about your Gap experience. Okay. My Gap experience was awesome. Oh, well, good. Well, okay. Yeah. Love it. Love it, love it. And I feel like I need to say that because there was a lot, uh, it, it gets a bad rep. And I was very much on the fence going into it because I'd heard a lot of negative things from people. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do BCO. I'm interested in the entrepreneurship thing. But I ended up finding a group very early on for Gap, and it was by far one of the best experiences of FEMBA. I've never worked professionally or personally with a group that had more fluidity and togetherness, I guess. I don't know. Mm. It just felt really easy. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, so we were paired with an Italian steel forger. Oh, well, that's good for you. Which was great. I got to go to Italy and use my Italian. 
and an Italian steel forger. Yes. Well, like, when would when would anybody ever have that opportunity? Exactly. Okay. I know nothing about manufacturing, obviously. So we got on the phone and you know did over 130 interviews with steel forgers and parts makers and sales reps and. Um, <laughs> now this is why Gap intimidates people because it's like, yeah. how am I going to talk to 130 people about the Italian steel industry? Yeah. Except you were guided towards what you needed to do. Exactly. And the first one was a little scary and then they all got easy. It's You just, you know, the approach I took at least was just being super honest of like, hi, I know nothing about the manufacturing industry. You tell me what you know and then it makes them feel good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it was great. We... Got to go to Italy, saw the steel forging plant, which is very cool, and have some nice meals. And um, we ended up giving our company a no-go. Really? Oh, okay. We actually had kind of a unique experience. Um, We almost kicked our company out of Gap. (laughs) Really? Yeah. How does that happen? Well, our clients, um, they only had one person that was really communicating with us, and he was very busy. They had one salesman for the entire world, and he was traveling all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah. which that's in our recommendation. Yeah, yeah, maybe I want to spread. more salesmen. Yeah. (laughs) more salesmen. But he, he stopped communicating with us. And so a lot of information that we needed to finish the report, we weren't receiving from the client. Mm, yeah. And, yeah um, this is client management. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And Bob Foster, the head of Gap kind of went over and talked to the chamber of commerce about getting them more involved. And, um, they decided to, um, to keep the company on, but you know, the team just kind of carried on without a client liaison. So, um, at this point we were far enough along in the process that we'd done most of the research and we had the report pretty finalized. So we ended up, um, preparing the report, giving a kick-ass presentation and giving a no-go and our client wasn't there to, <laughs> to tell us that he didn't like it. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing. We sourced like 55 companies from yep. 10 different countries around the world Yep. and it's kind of reality 101. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Have they received your, your recommendation? I sent it over. <laughs> we sent it to them. Yeah. We didn't hear anything back. It'll be so. interesting to follow up. Yep. Well, and, but I did you get, it. did you get the learning you wanted to get out of gap? Even with what seems like that's not the way Gap's supposed to go, but that's the way life can go with real companies in real time. Definitely. I, I think the, the process of research gathering was extremely helpful. I don't think I realized that that was a gap in my skill set until I actually went through the active gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think especially for, you know, starting a business or anything of that nature, this ability to just get a list of people you want to contact and contact them and see, you know, talk to strangers and learn information and compile that information in a smart way was super useful. Um, the international learning was fantastic. It was a, nice to my, you know, marketing and global business. Um, just got to kind of get deeper into the Italian business culture and learn about the differences between Italy and the U.S. and the challenges of an, a company coming over to the U.S. And um, and from a team dynamic standpoint, it was fantastic. I 
like I would work with these guys in a heartbeat again. We just had yeah. a great time. Our calls were super efficient. We came to a conclusion quickly and seamlessly, and everyone just stepped up and was proactive. And um, we had very little like turmoil in our group, so it was it was great for me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you had your big three. We're marketing, global business, and entrepreneurship. So yep. we've we've clicked off entrepreneurship. Gap obviously starts to click off global business, but then yep. you also wove in two global yeah. immersions. Yeah. So China and where? Israel? Israel. All right. So tell us, tell our, you know, how'd you choose your countries? Yeah. When, which, which intercession did you want to place them in? You yep. know? I would have gone every single time if I could, but really? the realities of having a full-time job um, kind of limited me. I actually ended up taking unpaid time off to do most of these immersions. Wow. Yeah, so that I could do it. But um, I chose China because I thought it was a fantastic place. I wanted to learn about the business side and not just as a tourist. Um, I'd only been to Thailand in the past, so hadn't explored Asia too much. And I wanted to kind of see a different side of it. And it was incredible. The group of people, the trip was led by Phil Leslie, who was phenomenal. And the group of people became very close knit. And we saw such a wide range of companies and cultural things while we were there. We went to Chengdu and Chongqing. That's right. As you know, you were there. <laughs> I was there for half of it. Yeah, I got to be <laughs> yeah. in Chengdu. I didn't see Chong. Chongqing. Chongqing. <laughs> yeah. And um, we saw, we went into like the Ford manufacturing plant. We went into a Baijiu company. It was like liquor company that had been around forever in China. We went into a very old manufacturing plant, but then also went into a super young entrepreneurial community with a bunch of foreign dudes that were trying to take advantage of all of the opportunities in China. So it was this huge spectrum. Um, we got to see pandas, which was oh, great. Yeah. Pandas were amazing. <laughs> Sunday morning pandas. That was amazing. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I extended the trip with a couple of friends for a week and we went to climb the Great Wall of China in Beijing and biked around a small town called Yangshou. So it was So lovely. you stayed that second week after. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually the week before. Oh, the, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So it was great. So that, and that was your second year. That was my second year. Spring so, so break. Spring break second year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And then when did you go to Israel? Spring break third Spring year. break this year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and Israel was also phenomenal. I mean, it's such a controversial country and to be there in an educational sense was really interesting. The focus was on technology and innovation. So learning about kind of what's bubbling over there and all of the, um, societal differences in the way they approach entrepreneurship and um and innovation in general was really was really interesting and and then the cultural components were amazing walking around jerusalem is just a phenomenal city and really interesting um from a political cultural religious standpoint and and then we swam in the Dead Sea, mm -hmm. climbed Masada, got to do a quick little side trip to ride camels in Petra, Jordan. So it was very very nice. Let's see. Well, let's look forward. So you know where 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 are you as you come to commencement and you reflect on your three years and yeah. you look forward to your next few whatever horizon. You know, like so. Yeah. 
How does FEMBA live for you looking forward now, coming up to commencement? Yeah, you know, I, I'm i not one of the FEMBAs that come out with like a with a game plan. Like, I don't know. I don't have a job lined up. Um, mm -hmm. When I came into FEMBA, my application essay said that I want to long-term start my own international brand consulting company, but short-term I'm going to go into traditional management consulting, like a McKinsey or a Bain, in order to get that credibility. What I learned in FEMBA is that management consulting is not for me. I like being closer to the creative process than, than that would entail. And I also learned that after all those core classes, I'm in the right field. I like marketing. Mm. And so that validates, you know, kind of where I'm at um, and the path I've taken thus far. And it's just a matter of where I'm going to take it next. Um, one of the things I'm... I'm looking at getting a new job. Um, I think I've done done what I can for Jeopardy and, and looking to kind of find a new marketing challenge, maybe in a more innovative industry like tech. Um, and I'm also looking at the possibility of working for myself and starting to take on side projects on the side, like I'm you know, talking to this guy from the Entrepreneurship Club mm -hmm. and um, see if eventually that can kind of grow into my own business. So mm -hmm. taking it in a, a very practical way, like most FEMBAs do, um, of, you know, still working full time, but, but trying this out on the side. So, and, and in this particular city, that's the way everybody does everything. Yeah. You know, you build your reputation, you know, I love your reputation brought you from Sony, you know, it brought you across, Yeah. you know, you just, you be do right by people. Yeah. Don't burn bridges. Yeah, exactly. Figure out what, you know, I love that validation. So you, you know, you put yourself through the entire core and guess what? I'm where I should be. Exactly. I'm good at marketing. People love me. I don't want to do stats. <laughs> I'll create partnerships with other yep. people who will help me with stats. Yes. Exactly. And what's that, that cliche, you know, figuring out what you want to do is figuring out what you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So well, do you feel empowered? Do you feel ready? Like if, if yeah. you know, you can start with projects, but then it's going to, is it going to be Paul Chicken Company or, you know, <laughs> I don't, we Kristen, don't have a name yet. Kristen yeah. LLC. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely feel like Femba has given me more confidence hmm. than I had before. I think a hundred percent. That's one of the learnings coming out is whereas before it seemed something very scary. It still seems scary, but it seems like something I could do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I have better access to a network of people that know how to do it. Mm -hmm. For example, I have a great classmate that helped tutor me through stats and mm -hmm. finance and I can call them if things come up. Right. Um, and I didn't really have access to that before. So yes, I suppose is the answer to your question. <laughs> yes, I suppose my future is bright <laughs> yes. and I'm keeping my options open. Exactly. Yeah. We will see what comes along. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's not about, Oh, am I happy in June of my third year? Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the way too small of a way to look at it. It's, am I empowered for the next 30 years? Yeah. And do I know these people? Right. Yeah. Cause none of us can be an expert at everything. Why would we even want to, bother. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't so good at baseball, but he was great at basketball. So, you know, yeah. like focus on what you're, what really pulls you forward. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'll say I learned from Femba is 
that our minds and our bodies can accomplish a lot more than we think. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah. Like, I remember being very, very nervous about starting Femba. Mm. I thought, I how am I going to balance all of these things? How am I going to be able to excel in work and in school? And I'm going to lose all my family and friends. And, you know, I'm just preparing mentally to be an utter failure at all of those things. Yeah. And... Um, I think there's little validity to that, but more so it's about, um, <laughs> we did, uh, but more so it's about, you know, you can take on more than you think and you become this kind of yes person. And even on top of work and on top of school and a case study competition comes up and someone emails you, you're like, yes, sure. Oh, side project. Yes, sure. Um, three classes instead of two this quarter. Yes, sure. And you just keep saying yes, because all these opportunities are available and they're only going to be available for these three years. And you mm -hmm. want to do all of them. And for me, the learning was that I can take on way more than I ever thought I could. Yeah. And I think that's something that's going to, to kind of last beyond FEMBA for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And thank you for your generosity because I, I love these podcasts because people are being very generous in what they share. And I think that like when you mentioned, you know, Gap gets the bad reputation, Gap gets blown into this like mm -hmm. best of times, worst of times. And, and FEMBA itself gets blown into this. Oh my gosh. But people, you know, we graduate 96, 98% of the people who complete leadership foundations. You know, we get to the finish line for almost everybody. And it's not just survive to the finish line, but rather get there and be empowered, right? We take a bunch of people who are already high achieving yeah. and give them the confidence to even go beyond that. And then the network to go with and yeah. Yeah. So I'm so pleased that you're a satisfied customer. <laughs> you know, I'm a satisfied customer. Yeah. Your application is one of the ones, you know, we get, we get a lot of people with engineering backgrounds, a lot of people with you know, business econ. And then we get, I always say that's sort of the meat and the potatoes and then we get the flavor, right? And it takes, it takes everything to make a, a nice meal. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, communications in Italian, but yeah. Hey, Berkeley grad, she's going to do great. <laughs> It'll be a little, yeah, yeah. you know, she won't have seen the material before, but look yeah. at here you are, you know, you're smiling still, still smiling, still yeah. smiling when you get to graduation. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have been smiling right before finals of like finance, but you know, that's right. That's, we have to wait <laughs> we made to, it through. Yeah. <laughs> this interview can't happen too yeah. soon. We have to wait a little. Get yeah. that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, any any kind of parting thoughts, shout outs to favorite faculty or friends or, <laughs> or words of wisdom to the, the classes that will walk in your footsteps? Oh my goodness. Shout out to the Fem Besties. There you go. Who are your Fem Besties? <laughs> my Fem Besties. There's too many to name them all. But I found I'm very lucky to have found a great group of friends that I met early on first year and they have um, been a part of the entire experience gone through the roller coasters up and down gone on the global immersions been a part of my gap teams and um, could not have gotten through it without them for sure yeah 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 that's yep. what makes this lifelong special. friends and any um, any you know if you knew then what you know now that you could offer to anybody oh walking in this summer, getting ready for FEMBA? Work out in the morning. Okay. I know it's really hard to wake up, but that's the only time, at least for me, that I could find a way to fit it in. Because by the time nighttime rolled around with homework and with class, 
and with all the other things that come up, I just, yeah, mornings before you can come up with a better excuse. Yeah. But that worked for you. And you, you really had just a a mind and body relationship to this thing. You didn't just try to do it all intellectually. Yeah. So getting to work out in the morning, like, so you kind of lost your rhythm the first year, but then you got it back years two and three. Oh, another tip, speaking of mind and body is meditation, which I kind of got into while I was in FEMBA. And I actually would pull over in the residential area behind UCLA in between work and class Mm. and just do 10 minute meditation followed by if there was time like a 15 minute nap Mm -hmm. and it would actually put me in a much better state to come into class I felt clear-headed I it would get rid of all the stress of the work day and all the emails that I was should be following up on and all of that and it was just a nice kind of break of disconnecting from one thing and then starting fresh at another you know, and mindfulness is all the rage yes. in, you know, corporate America. Yes. Because how do we maintain our energy as a leader? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Femba teaches you how to maintain your energy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like I'm on a treadmill. The whole thing, you're just on a treadmill. You're racing every single day. And, you know, I kind of just want someone to push me off so I can take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> your nap is coming. Get the yeah. whole I love talking to people the summer after they graduate. And they're like, yeah. yeah, my car's like on autopilot. It keeps driving to Westwood. Yep. I can't I can't deprogram my car. Yep. You're going to have so much free time. Exactly. And I'll probably fill it up with more work. But That's what we do. We yep. find out what's next. Exactly. Well, thank you, Kristen, for um, it's been fun watching you go through from FEMA Council early on all the way through and getting to travel to China with you uh, last yeah. year. So I got to see you fun. year one, year two, and now we get to wrap up year three. So thanks for being so generous. Of course. And sharing with our, our listeners this summer and uh, or whenever they happen to hear this podcast. <laughs> awesome. So we will, we will complete there and stay tuned next week when we'll <laughs> interview another wonderful person. But this week's guest has been Kristen Palchuk. Look her up on LinkedIn, and uh, thank you for your time. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> Good luck, guys.